Yo, this is the Ancient Texan. Uh, I'm going to start going through a new book today. I find myself very concerned on the state of the democracy in the U.S. I don't like the divisions I see in our country, the, the hate and the polarization. I believe wealth inequality is a huge, huge, huge problem. And it's behind some of our divisions. I think elitism, and I would call myself a liberal elite, educated liberal elite, and our Looking down our noses, like uh, Hillary said, the deplorables. The liberals not being able to understand why so many people vote for Trump. There's a really huge message there that we continue to miss. And I also don't understand it. But I'm, I'm on that journey to trying to understand it. I grew up pretty poor, so I actually think that helps me. I've lived in their world a lot. The uneducated, uh, working class, hard-working, good people that are struggling. I also know that our mind, uh, we're not logical creatures. We continue to think we are logical, like I am logical and you are not logical, but all of us are not logical. And that is not our primary way of proceeding in the world. Uh, we're emotional creatures first, and it's, it's emotional is probably not the right word, but we're gut-driven, and then we rationalize. And I've been trying to understand that. I'm going to try to tie all these pieces together here. But I need to understand more about myself and how I function and work to start understanding more about the world around me and the people around me. So I've discovered this um, book that I'm going to go through and I don't know how long I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it as long as I want to. It's, <laughs> some ways, it's my podcast. And I hope, you know, that I find a few people that are um, have similar, similar interest and want to understand what's happening in this country and be a small part of fixing it. At least fix it in our little corner of the world. Or make it better. I don't know if fix is the right word. So I've discovered this book, um, The Political Mind, Why You Can't Understand 21st Century Politics with 18th Century Brain, George Lakoff. And I've read the first kind of introductory chapter here that I'm going to go over now, and I'm going to read sections of it from, from it and add my two cents. And then I'm going to go on a journey in this book, seeing if 
I can become smarter and more intelligent about myself. And if that will help me understand what's happening in our country. Uh, and I'm not interested in making out good guys and bad guys and us and them. I want us all the us as I can find that are concerned about um, unity and uniting people instead of dividing them. And understand, you know, what's happening to our democracy and, you know, how do we change things? And this book is dead on on that objective. Now, how good he does as we go through this and how much it helps us, I don't know. We'll have to go on the journey. And if you're interested, you know, listen to this and come back. But not, I mean, there's a million podcasts out there. So I'm looking for people that are struggling like me. So we're going to flip over here. Introduction. Brain change and social change. Radical conservatives have been fighting a cultural war. The main battlefield is the brain. At stake is what America is to be. Their goal is to radically change America to fit the conservative moral viewpoint. The threat is to democracy and all that goes with that. Okay, on target. Although radical conservatives sounds a little derogatory. But we'll note that and move on. American values are fundamentally progressive, centered on equality, human rights, social responsibility, and inclusion of all. Okay, that, that I would say is a hypothesis. I don't, as a scientist, I don't know if that's true. I want it to be true, because that's what I believe. Yet progressives have, without knowing why, given conservatives an enormous advantage in the cultural war. The radical conservatives seek and have already begun to introduce an authoritarian hierarchy based on vast concentrations and control of wealth, order based on fear, intimidation, and obedience, a broken government, no balance of power, priorities shifted from public sector to the corporate and military sectors, responsibility shifted from society to the individual, control of elections through control of who votes and how the votes are counted, control of ideas through the media, patriarchal family values projected on religion, politics, and the market. Okay, I um, hear that and it's kind of as, and there's a lot of progressive inside of me, so that's easy to buy this sentence from the progressive viewpoint. I would also add, though, that the liberals can do exactly the same thing in concentrating power in certain sectors of the economy. Like I believe that a lot of liberal elites have put a lot of money into getting 
their causes supported by the political machine. But again, we'll we'll hold this as you know part of his his hypothesis. The future of democracy is at stake now. I I actually think there's some truth there, and I think it takes a long time for things to unravel. Um, but I think the existence of Trump and his rise to power, and he's still not actually, he's hopefully out of the presidency, but I'm not sure he's not still in power or will not be a major force. So, and I think he is harmful for democracy. Now, there are people that love him, so I'm already, you know, stepping on toes here with um, conservatives and people that love Trump. So I apologize for that. And we're on a quest here to understand why you're motivated to follow Trump and I'm not. So pardon my imperfections also. Social change is material. Who controls what wealth? Institutional. Who runs what powerful organization and political, who wins election. But the main battlefield of the cultural war is the brain, especially how the brain functions below the level of consciousness. That's huge, huge, huge. Progressive have accepted an old view of reason dating back to the Enlightenment, namely that reason is conscious, literal, logical, universal, unemotional, disembodied, and serves self-interest. Wow. As the cognitive and brain sciences have been showing, this is a false view of reason. Oddly enough, this matters. It sounds like an academic issue, but this assumption about the nature of reason has stood in the way of effective progressive defense and advancement of democracy. Progressives have ceded the political mind to the radical conservatives. Wow. This makes the radical conservatives, conservatives in general, sound uh, a lot smarter than us. Now, my question is, even if this is true, is it because they logically got to this point and decided to do that, or their instincts serve them better than our instincts have served us? Us, I'm calling myself a progressive for my point of view here although I actually have I'm I think of myself as a mix of many things I don't like to be put in that box in other words I don't like to be put in any kind of box this book addresses the problems in three parts part one is an introduction to the basic ideas about the mind of the brain on the one hand about largely unconscious modes of political thought on the other and about how they are inexorably linked okay i'm i'm 
pretty interested in this brain concept and things being the subconscious level affecting my life. Um, and I'm not restricting it just to the political arena. I'm on this journey to try to figure this out from in a broader scope than just politics. Part two begins an application of these ideas. It provides elements for using them. Okay, we'll learn how the hell our brain works and then get some practical stuff. Part three turns to technical issues, the role of experts and their effect on our politics. We look at developments in the cognitive and brain scientists, sciences, how they are changing our understanding of technical fields like economics, international relation, evolution, and linguistics, and and why these changes matters for politics. And I want to know about for my life in so many areas. This next one is still under the introduction, but it's called How to Use This Book. This book includes information about yourself that you have no direct access to and don't even know is there, even though it governs how you think, talk, and act. Wow. That's back to, you know, we operate from the gut, make decisions, and then rationalize them. And I'm... I'm way there in my thought process that we as human behave toward each other. Uh, I call it based on the story that we're adapting for the moment. But maybe I'm going to learn some new vocabulary here. This book is about modes of thought and how they are carried out. Individuals are complicated and commonly use more than one mode of thought good. I want to learn about that. Beyond progressive and conservative ways of thinking, I will be distinguishing what I call a neoliberal mode of thought, one that sometimes looks conservative to progressives and socialistic to conservatives. Wow. Okay, neoliberal sounds like liberal, but apparently uh, to progressives it sounds conservative and to socialistic it to, anyway, it sounds the opposite to which side of the fence you're on. So I'm interested in learning about neoliberal. I've looked up the definition actually several times and I come away with a real fuzzy, I don't know what the hell they're talking about. Please do not confuse labels with modes of thought. People who call themselves conservatives may use progressive modes of thought in certain issue areas. Conversely, people who call themselves liberals may think in a conservative mode in certain issue areas. Similarly, do not confuse party identification with modes of thought. I am interested in point pointing out modes of thought and their consequences, not putting people in boxes by party affiliation. I love that. We're trying to both learn if we're a conservative or a liberal. 
The science of mind has lit up a vast landscape of unconscious thought. The 98% of thinking your brain does that you're not aware of. That is like mind-boggling. Most of it matters for politics. The mind that we cannot see plays an enormous role in how our country is governed. Well, it sounds like if 98% of our thinking is in our brain that we're not aware of, it it matters more than just politics. Um, I'd like to believe that I'm more aware of my thought process than only being aware of 2% of it. So, that that's his claim. Now, let's, you know... Let's see what he's what he has learned as a brain scientist that he can share with us. And I don't know if that means that we, instead of controlling two percent of our brain, we get to control ten percent. But that would be cool. However, most of us have inherited a theory of mind dating back at least to the Enlightenment, namely that reason is conscious, literal, logical, unemotional, disembodied universal, and functions to serve our interest. This theory of human reason has been shown to be false in ever, every particular, but it persists. In many aspects of life, this may not matter, but in politics, it can have very negative effects. Well, I think it matters in a lot of areas of life, especially in relationships. Um, So I'll take a little exception there. So I I basically, I've I've done a lot of reading on how the brain works and I'm still trying to drive it down to a practical level. But I do very much see that we think we're logical and unemotional, blah, 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 but that's not reality. And we always want to believe we are the logical person and the others are illogical. And it's easy to see other people driven by emotion and the situation and their stories. But it's not so easy to see it in ourselves and be a master of ourselves and our own mind and our own behaviors. If, if it was that easy... There would be no addicts and we would not have compulsive behavior and I would not be gaining weight and fighting it my whole life if I was a logical creature. And I'm sure you can pick out some things about yourself that kind of supports that. But in politics, it can have very negative effects. And here's his list. It provides a misleading view of political ideologies and of how voters think. Okay, I buy that. It can keep progressives from consciously articulating their moral vision and the moral vision of government. Okay. It forms the basis of neoliberal thought, which too often leads progressives to surrender their ideals without... Stating. 
and it can make both progressives and neoliberals ineffective. Okay, so if we don't understand our brain, we become ineffective. I think that goes for whether you're progressive or conservative. But we'll see. That's his hypothesis. The results have been disastrous for both America and for the world. For this reason, it is urgent that we come to understand how the brain and mind really work, especially when the subject matter is politics. Cognitive science provides a lens on the political mind that you don't get in the daily papers or on TV or from your friends and neighbors. I hope to bring out into the open, invisible aspect. Let's start that over again. I hope to bring out into the open, invisible aspects of social and political thought while giving you some sense of the science of mind that reveals it. In addition to being a cognitive scientist, I am a concerned citizen of the United States, deeply loyal to its progressive democratic ideals. These ideals are currently being threatened. To preserve them, we need to understand our politics as well as possible. I hope this book can not only help, but serve as a guide and not just a guide to understanding politics, but to engaging in it effectively. Okay, that's what this book's about. I'm going to be on a journey to read this book and understand it and talk about it on this podcast. Um, So I'm essentially doing kind of an in-depth... book report kind of a one way discussion with myself and the words of this book and if you're interested uh, in learning these things uh, plug along with me Um, it's going to make it challenging because these will appear on the podcast in inverse order that they're read in so We'll see how we deal with that problem. Anyway, we'll be going... The next chapter will be Why the Mind. So this is the ancient Texan inviting you to a discussion about your mind. (laughs) Say that a little sarcastically. Pardon my French. Hope you have a good day and... Look forward to thinking with you. This is the ancient Texan. Namaste.
Yo, this is the ancient Texan, an earthling, hoping we all can learn to live and play well together on this small and delicate planet we call home. May we all honor the sacred and our fellow inhabitants. Namaste.